To be ready means you had something to do with it, yeah? Yeah. And that's the whole problem with the whole thing, if you see it. It's like, if the system of selfing is rooted in the identification as a self, yes? So let's say you have the concept of being ready. What would that assume, what would that imply that there was a you that was going to be ready to receive the message, yes? That sense of you is the dilemma. It's not receiving or not receiving the message. That only becomes important when there's a you there. When there's a you there, it may be very important to that you to receive the message and very important to not miss the message, yes? But the thing is, if the you's taken out of it, there's no need to be ready. There's no preparation. There's no time added to it. With the you, there's time. And then there seems to, even when there's a presentation of nothing, in the, when the self-centered system uh, claims that nothing, it makes it into something. Yeah? So you just say, just be. But in our logic of mind, it sounds like a command. Yeah? I'm going to just be. Yeah, when you hear it, it doesn't just be, it's just a verb in a way, yeah? But when, when my head hears it, it just be sort of like a command or a suggestion to a you. Hey, you, just be, yeah? The you's always inserted with everything. So the idea of getting, being ready, there must have been a you that was unready <laughs> to hear the message, and now it's going to take time to get ready to receive the message, that's not the message. The message is, possibly there is no you. Because once the you is in place, time becomes incredibly real. Yeah? Because it's going to take you some time to get it. Yeah? It's going to take you some time to lose what's stopping you from getting it. And all this will be made up by the head. It'll have, a, it'll have tons of ideas, what's stopping me from getting this message? And then, of course, it now starts seeking to find a way to stop doing the things that are stopping me from getting the message. It's just you geometrically progressing into more you. Yeah? When it's prior to being ready, it's already so. The nature of mind is already so. It's not a conditional uh, quality that can be produced by you. It's just when they're seen not to be a you, that's what the you's looking for, is what's seeing. Yeah. Unfortunately, when it rises and claims the seeing, it says it's me that's seeing. And then that you may have a grand old idea that it's not ready to get the message. <laughs> and then immediately time gets involved and doing gets involved. You become relevant. And the whole point is, is let's just say with the idea of knowing God, in a sense, let's say, let's say you have a, an awakening experience. In time, what happens? The, the spotlight goes away from the awakening and goes to you that had the awakening experience. <laughs> you now get the reflection of your own absence. Yeah? The awakening event is, is the obvious absence of a you. But the you will rise and claim it, and now you become awakened. <laughs> Only to live in the fear of being unawakened. 
Because you can't escape the dualistic interpretation of this dream. You cannot escape it. You are a dreamt object as a you. Yeah? It can't escape that if you believe you achieve something, you can believe, you'll believe you can do something to lose what you achieved. That's not peace. Peace isn't brought about by what you do or don't do. Peace is prior to being brought about. Yeah? But it can't seem to be prior to being brought about when there's a you, because the you becomes prior to everything else. Yes. So the you now has an experience of peace that's conditional, because it takes itself to be the prior state. You is the prior state. Now this you is going to experience peace. But the fact is, peace is not an experience that you have. Peace is when uh, there's a sufficient lack of interest in selfing, then there's peace. If you've noticed it or not. In recovery, there's a main aspect of recovery is service. And in service, sometimes we say it brings about a, a result of you get out of yourself. Yeah? And that's when you seem to feel really good. Yet, when there's a feeling of really good, the selfing rises and claims it, and it's you again that's feeling really good. And you're the one who's doing the service. So it's claiming what led to its own absence as an event here. It claims it. It's always writing itself into the story. So there needs a you to be ready. Without the you, you're totally available. Now. Now. The immediacy of it is like parachuting into, an, into a situation. You just... Because you're before, no matter how fast the gun of selfing is, it loses in this little gunfight. <laughs> no matter how fast it gets, it's already been shot. <laughs> it can, no matter how, it can never win. As soon as it does this, it takes time. Yeah? What's, what's, what's here is prior to time. Yeah? What I would say the mind's nature is, is prior to time. How the mind's dreaming is in time, yeah? But the nature of mind is not of time. So any getting ready would be of time, yes? Any arriving would be of time. Any achieving would be of time, yes? And of course, if you believe it took time to achieve it, what happens here, let's say it took 17 years to reach a certain level of sobriety, yeah? And one night to fuck it, yeah? The, the equation of time, it takes a while to build a house, but not five seconds to destroy it. Yeah? Things get built here take time. Destruction of them take much less time. <laughs> yeah? So this is what you're building your house on, is this time where you're going to try to control all the situations. I had a guy, I lived in, a, in like a compound in Australia, a really beautiful piece of property. And we rented a little cabin there, and it was a couple of cabins. And the head dude, the guy who owned the whole thing, uh, he would drive around the, the, the grounds telling everyone he didn't want any noise at 5.30 because he was going to sit and meditate. Yeah? And that's where he would get his peace. But he was totally unpeaceful, running all around the place telling you, don't make any noise from 5.30, 6.30. I mean, he was missing the whole point. He was putting it as something he was going to get if he could what? Control the situation, yes? He was always involved in it. And the freedom is 
pleased. The freedom is relief from the bondage of self or to self, yes? That's the freedom in AA, is to be relieved of the bondage to self. In other words, you cannot be self, but your mind can be bonded to the idea of being a self. And for all intents and purposes, in the dreamscape, it can look like that, yeah? It can't be it, but it can look like it to you, yeah? It's an appearance. And that appearance, because it is an appearance, it doesn't have any reality, has to be reinforced all day by a thought system. Why do you think people have 70,000 thoughts a day running through their head? To do their job? I was a house painter, it took me maybe eight thoughts, you know? Every, every room I walked in had four walls usually, and a ceiling. I'll start with the ceiling, move to the wall, you know, very simple, not much strategy. What are the 69,800 other thoughts doing? <laughs> oh, really? Do I need them to navigate <laughs> from where I live to a job? I need 70,000 thoughts? I mean, am I living in a, like a, a veritable jungle I have to cut through? Where should, I should go? No. This, I would say the thoughts are to reinforce Yes, the identification as self. It's like living with a hypnotist. It's trancing you out all day. All day there's a narrative about you being here, but that here isn't here, it's a mental here. And that mental here is chock full of there and then. All, your whole thought system has never had a thought in and of this moment. Every thought it has is of time, yes? It's either a remembering of something or a projection of that remembering, yes? So when you believe you're here, when your little enchilada, you know, your capo de capo up here says, I'm really here, I'm really present today. You're fucking not present today because there's no present in the mental realm. There's just past and future. The present is a possibility to entertain what's not happening to the mind. It can't entertain, it can't reinforce you as a body by this moment. It can reinforce you as a body in a mental realm called past and future. Because it can take your body and place it anywhere else at any other time and think about it. That's what it does. It uses you as a flagpole, some in the past event or in a future situation, and then it just riffs on the possibilities of what could possibly happen to me. As this, you look at your thought system. It cannot, how does your thought system present you as a body? When you think about the past, you think of yourself as a body somewhere, right? When you're worrying about the future, you're worrying about the future according to being a body. The present moment doesn't have that past and future tense, yes? This is the here, and it's the now, yeah? But the mental here is not here, and it's not now. It's there and then, and it's in time. And the funny thing is, is you will take yourself to be here, and you really want to get out of here as an addict. So you're really trying to get out of here, but it ends up fucking everything up here. Yeah? Like my desire to escape ended me up in prison all the fucking time, ended me up in two years' programs. <laughs> I thought I wanted to get out of here at all costs, but it wasn't here I wanted to get out of. I wanted to get out of here, that realm of selfing. Yes? And that's the only thing that causes you to be a citizen of that realm, is the identification as a body. Because that's the only thing your thought system can think about, is a body. 
It needs like a, a weather vane. It needs a lightning rod to put all those thoughts around. It can't capture you as spirit by thought. Yeah? I can't, oh, let me look back how my spirit was doing six years ago. You'd be, what your thought would be, how you were doing as being spiritual. You would not be able to encompass spirit in the thought system. It's not its job. Its job is to reinforce the identification as a self. Yes? So that self becomes the organizing principle of a life. Now, it may sound fine, but the fact is it's gone haywire. There's an extreme obsession with this thing. Yes? And there's no way to get out of it because what you're taking yourself to be is the root of it. So when you try to get out of self, that's being in self. And there's no point where you're going to leave self as a self. There's no freaking way. Just, you may think you're at the, you know, the parameters, the, you, you're at the fence post of self and non-self, but the feeling of being you looking in on the other side of the fence, that's self. The fence constantly moves wherever you go, wherever you think you are, yeah, you're taking yourself to be that, that selfing. So self cannot get out of self. No matter, and there's no authentic self you're going to run into. <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> you'll think, oh, this is the authentic self, and then you'll believe, I see all the unauthentic, and then suddenly the circle gets bigger and your authentic self is in the soup still. And, every, and then maybe it happens six times, and every time you would have thought you were on the rim of the soup, and then something opens up, the aperture of mind opens up a little bit, and you're included. And there's no point where you're not included in the content. That's the good news. The wisdom of no escape. Because you're not that you. That's it. If you're not that you, the, the, the constraints of time are social now to you. They're not, uh, you're not living those constraints of time. They're socially uh, valid, yes? People say, like, I have to come here at a certain time. I got to go here. I got to go there. But you're not, at that point, you're not living from time anymore. Yeah? You're not living from time. You're available each moment because there's only this moment. It's not like, I'm available this moment, and I know me, I know me really well. I won't be available the next moment. I know it. Yeah? <laughs> There's none of that. The obviousness of what's happening overrides what's not happening. But it can't override it to you. Because to you, it will claim that and make it what's not happening again. All the emphasis won't be on, oh, Jesus, the absence of self. It will be on the self that is, now has claimed its own absence. You have to see it. Epiphanies. Check them out. <laughs> if you have one of those epiphanies or whatever, I'm telling you, if it ever occurs, see when it seems to end. When a thought comes up and goes, I just had this incredible epiphany. <laughs> as, soon as, the, as soon as there's the claiming of the epiphany, the epiphany now becomes damaged goods. Yeah? And it actually has nothing to do with the epiphany any, anymore. It has a lot to do with you having the epiphany. Yeah? You. The emphasis, the light of, in that incredible open space of the absence of self, 
where the spotlight is just diffused, yeah? And then you sense its nature of the light, not the object it's on, but the nature of the light. Suddenly, there's the object again. The spotlight gets changed, and like a magnifying glass, I'm a spiritual person. I had an epiphany. I'm going to read about it, and I'm going to call up the epiphany hotline. And Hey, uh, what's the normal epiphany? 45 minutes? Uh, I had an hour and a half. I'm in an extreme level of an epiphany hour. Uh, is there anything I should buy? You know, like a certain badge or some books or some shirts or something, some whites or something? Isn't there a uniform so I can recognize other people who are just like me? Epiphany havers? <laughs> this is, it sounds absurd, but the whole movement of selfing is to claim. The selfing is a system of thought and interpretation, yes? Its product is the feeling of being a self. So if you're having a feeling that there's a you here, you're underneath that product. <laughs> you're underneath the, the selfing has delivered the goods. <laughs> a vague feeling of being a someone, a Paul, yeah? A historical action figure. <laughs> yes? That feeling, it's very persistent because it's being reinforced with 70,000 thoughts a day. <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> if you drank 70,000 cups of coffee, you'd be rushing your brains out. If you were listening, if you were at the effect of uh, 70,000 thoughts, you'd be fucking pretty asleep. <laughs> I need my, I need my, I need my, you know, we're all all woozy, you know what I mean? We're we're the source of light, but we're living in a room of darkness. We're in this little self-centered box, you know? Like they say, there's this, the the person looks at it from the self-centered, it looks like he's in a box, but he's performing the role of the fourth wall. (laughs) It's all space. There's all space, but he's sitting there, she's sitting there, taking herself to be this, which acts as a wall, and now it looks like I'm in a box. I can't get out of it. All you got to do is turn around and look at your original face, and it's all it is is space. But there's the assumption you're a box because there's an assumption you're solid. You play the role of the wall. So every view of self-centeredness or of looking is a box-like view. Yeah. All you're getting is the projection from the selfing onto things and getting the meaning that you believe they are carrying but that you projected on them and then taking it in as if it's a real event I'm having. I mean, you're a solid, separate, independent entity and your effect is, I had nothing to do with the effect you're having on me. That's total bullshit. It's mind dreaming. Like in The Course in Miracles, they say, it's projection prior to perception. When we're in the dream, we're thinking we're perceiving something as real and solid and separate from us, but that's a projection of mind first. So the mind is dreaming. So it says that, you know what, we're the dreamer of this dream, but we've forgotten that we're dreaming the dream. And in that forgetfulness, we've given the dream all the power to affect us. And that's what we're doing all day, in a sense. But how can it affect us? There has to be that root notion of self involved. Self puts us in time, puts us in a sense of doership. So even when someone says you you need do nothing, you never needed to do anything, and you never will need to do everything, you're going to do something with that. (laughs) You're going to you may receive it, and it's going to be like a hot potato. 
until you can figure out how can I do nothing, right? Oh, now I feel secure. I'm here again. I'm relevant. And then time, then like the immediacy of the message is now stretched out in time so you can be really safe. You can seek all you like and you know you're never going to find. How can you find something that's not lost? <laughs> <laughs> but in time, we're blind, yes? And the time is totally, totally fixated with the idea of being a self. A body takes time to get from here to there, doesn't it? Listen to how they present spirituality. It's a spiritual journey. What takes a journey? A body, doesn't it? I don't think spirits journey. Where would they start and where would they end? They're not in form, so how could you say, oh... Spirit, Spirit left Iowa three days ago, took a train, ran into some trouble, and oh, he'll still be here soon. Yeah? No, I would say Spirit's in Iowa just as much as it's in San Francisco. I can't see where it's not where it is, which is everywhere. But in a body, it can be a journey, yeah? So I'm on the spiritual journey. I'm on the path. What takes a path? Body. Yeah? Our whole language throws every topic into the idea of being a subject as a body. So the, the sense of spirit or awareness becomes something I do. I'm aware. And you know what? I eat about a pint of agen and I'm less aware than I was earlier when I was just juicing. You know, when I was juicing, I was really aware, super clear, but now I'm starting to eat like, you know, potato chips, very unaware. Aware is not a verb that you're doing. Awareness is a state of mind. That's one aspect of its nature. Yeah? Its nature doesn't become a non-nature here. It appears to be something different. But its nature doesn't change. Therefore, it's always available at all time because it's not of time. Once it's thrown into time, which if it's about you, it's thrown into time, it hides. It's a perfectly hidden then. It per it's perfectly hidden right below our noses. Because we can't see it. Because you don't think looking is time? Seeing is timeless. Seeing. Looking is a form of seeing that has been injected with time. Yeah? And it blinds you to the state of seeing. Yeah? So while you're very, very intently looking, you're never going to find it. Because it's, it has a speed to it that causes you not to notice the seeing. Yeah? Looking is time. Looking here is time. It takes time to look at something. Yeah? I'm going to look this thing over. Yeah? But awareness or seeing is not of time. That's what happens. You start having downloads, and those downloads don't have the quality of time in them. Yeah? And like in recovery, we talk about the pause. The pause is like a moment in time, seemingly, but it has a timeless quality. Yeah? It may, the storyline of the head may bookend it with time, but in the pause, anything is possible in the pause. I've seen my whole life change in a momentary stoppage of the selfing, yeah? A pattern of behavior that was haunting me for many, many years came to a screeching halt and has never reappeared. And all of that happened in what you would think would only look, no one even noticed it. It all had happened in a pause. But a pause, even when cast here, seems like it's only a second. It's eternal. It's timeless. 
You can have a monstrous quote-unquote size download in a pause. Yeah? And if you were downloading this to a computer, it would take maybe 10, 15 minutes. But in the timelessness of mind, the download hits like that. It doesn't take any time. The quality is available, but not to a you, because you is of time. You think of yourself in of time, yes? As a past little kid and now as a future person. You're constantly cast into time for the mind to use, to fixate over. And that it does. It fixates over it. And even though there may be a wisdom of how failed the system is, it's very difficult to break away from it because you're identified as the center of the system. So when you're trying to get out of self, that's being in self. If you go and study for two years how to get out of the obsession with self, you could cast that as being in self. You can't get away from it. There is no out from what an imaginary in. If, it's, if there's the recognition that it's not so, that's that. When it's a, there's a recognition it's so, then it, it's going to take a lot of time to make it unso. Yeah? And who's going to inform you how you're doing? Is selfing. What's playing God with the idea of God. So when most people are knowing God, who tells them how they're doing? God? Yes, the God of self. You're listening to your own head, yeah? I did a long retreat, getting closer to God. Yeah? And then if you look at porno, I'm far away from God. That's the act of playing God. And in recovery it says, that's to me the biggest unspoken step is quit playing God. It precedes the third step, which is the big enchilada of AA, turning your will and your life over to the care of a higher power. But it says first, the how and why of it, first quit playing God, it doesn't work. Then next in this drama of life, we're going to have God as the director and us as the servant or whatever, yeah? So you have to see what precedes surrendering to a higher power is to, cut, is to look at and see what's playing God and recognize you're not that which is playing God. And when you're not that which is playing God, then there's God in a way, yeah? God's not playing God. There's God, just using the word, yeah? But there's God. As soon as you see, I'm not that which is playing God, that's God. Yeah? And then, when you do the third step, supposedly, you won't have this experience that we have in our community, which is, I surrendered, and I took it back, and I surrendered, and unless, you know, but I'm not going to surrender, let's say, my body image, that's too important, I take it back. This and that. All this, you know, Indian giving, it's like a big bully gives a bag of candy to a little kid and just grabs it back anytime it wants. Which is the God there? Which is the bigger God? The little kid or the big kid? I would say the big kid is playing God with God. So first quit playing God, then the third step is seen in a different light. It's not something that you're going to do that can be undone in a way. It's just entertaining a possibility of an eternal state, yeah? Of quote-unquote God. The only reason it's not being noticed is it's just too much playing God. The head is playing God and it's using, let's say, your juice to sort of produce the Panavision, the technicolor of that production. 
You don't. You're, if you listen to someone else talk when they're playing God, it's so bogus, yeah? You're fucking bored in five minutes. But with your head identified as that playing God, you've been listening to it for 45 years like it's the evangelical channel, yeah? Oh, yes, another incredible, you know, revelation. I'll do that. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. The bonding agent of identification because the production value sucks. When I see people and they come and talk to me about their head, it's, I'm bored in a minute. I, let's take a walk, you know, and I'll go this way, you go that way. Yeah. <laughs> take a long walk, all right? Call me later, <laughs> you know? Do your laundry, do something, you know, stop talking with me. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing that, for one second I wouldn't be fooled by that. But what happens to cause such a blindness with the same yapping going on, but now it's held as yours or about you, then you're blind to it, aren't you? Then it has, it's soaked with meaning. It's so damn important when you were looking at that person's stuff, it was very unimportant to you. Yeah? It's so damn important to you. <laughs> What's the difference? That you and this you. This you I call me. <laughs> that you I call you. I have an immunity to your shit, but I don't have an immunity to the shit that's me. <laughs> that would be called the act of identification. What's the difference between that object and this object? It just looks a little different. Yes? That object, in my view, I call you. In your view, you call this object you. When, yeah? You, 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 you. All there is is you, 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 you. But my mental process claims this you and calls it me. And now gives it the quality of being the one who sees, the one who thinks, the one who's doing everything. It claims every process it possibly can and uses that to produce an appearance of being relevant. Yeah? And for that relevance to stick, it writes tons of stories. Tons of stories, hasn't it? Tons of stories about things that then even happened. I remember when I met this first guru, I had never been introduced to quote-unquote spirituality, yet when I met him, I had thousands of ideas how he should be, how I should be, how his followers should be. I mean, thousands of them. Where did it all come from? It's all waiting there. It's latent. It's like this giant asteroid belt. <laughs> Just swinging around, swinging around, and it's in a gravitational pull by the selfing. Yeah? The identification as the planet holds that asteroid belt. And when the asteroid belt's going, this, all it is is space, but it's filled with all these rocks and you can't see through. Yeah? Every time you look, you see that. You hit an object, and as soon as the mind hits an object, it thinks about it. And then it takes all of that and then it relates to you and thinks a whole lot about this object. Yeah? In relation to all the other objects. But most of it goes to this object, yeah? Do you think there's freedom for an object here? Call it spiritual. As an object, the mind will still think about it constantly. Yes? You'll be a great meditator, at least to you. But if you're not an object, the system can't think about you. It thinks about self, yes? But it can't think about you. Yeah. The bondage to selfing has been broken. You are now relieved from that bondage to self. Because why? You didn't try to 
change the effect of the glue all day. You've seen that. That doesn't work. You just took the possibility of being glued away. Yeah? If there's something going to be bonded to something, they both have to be things, yeah? So there's the idea of being a self, and then there's you bonding to it, yeah? But you're not a thing. When you take yourself to be a thing, that's the bonding. And then the glue just reinforces all day with the narrative. But if I'm not the thing, how can a no-thing be bonded to a thing? It's impossible. Where would you put the glue? Yeah? You could lather the thing with tons of glue, but where's the no-thing going to make contact with it? Where's it going to stick? So this is a simple, very, very simple invitation. It doesn't care if you're worrying about next week or not. It just sort of points out who is it that's worrying, yeah? Who is that? Who is that phantom subject that seems to spin all these stories and lives this linear action figure history and is worthy of being worried about constantly <laughs> and is worthy of being reflected on constantly and it's actually even worry, it's worthy of being obsessed with constantly. What is that? It's been given the biggest meaning the mind could give anything. It's you. Yeah? You want to get away from that bondage? See that it's not you. And you'll lose interest in the system that supports that idea of being a self. You'll lose interest in it. You don't have to fight the obsession. It'll dim down because your interest and attention is the bonding agent. Yeah? It's not the amount of thoughts you have. It's the meaning they have. It's the meaning they're being injected with. Those thoughts are about me, or I'm the thinker of them. That's the first application. Yeah. The first application is usually one or two or both. I'm the thinker of these, and they're about me, or they're about me somehow in relation to life. Yes, That's what captures my interest and attention. It isn't the thoughts, because I don't have any interest in your thoughts or attention. I really don't. It's not that. It's not the thoughts. It's the identification as like the the central magnet that keeps everything in place, revolving around you, the idea of you. All those things have no ability to form an orbit. They're held in place by a gravitational pull. When mind gets focused as an object, it sucks everything in. So now life is seen as how it fits around this, instead of this fitting around life, like it says in recovery. You've got to learn how to fit yourself around circumstances instead of trying to fit them around you all day. If there's the you as the center of a life, that world and that life is going to be very small because it's going to suck everything in to orbit around you. Yes? When you're not that you, the whole thing that seems to be your life that seems to be so unmanageable goes opens up and a whole, a whole new field of possibility becomes available. Not on anything you did. Just, you've entertained, I'm not that, and then as soon as you entertain, I'm not that, the next one you'll entertain is, I can be free of it. Once you start entertaining, you can be free of it, that incites a lot of possibilities to download. Yes? Your being okay is taken out of time. It's not, I will be okay. That's my great hope. Don't fuck with me now. I will be okay. Let me have this unokayness. No. It's a sense of okayness now. It becomes the primary condition. So when all the slings and arrows happen, when all the circumstances and events that occur in this place can occur, 
you have the ability, not by practice, but by nature, to outshine it. You outshine your circumstances and situations. You actually bring light to them instead of them bringing darkness seemingly to you. You bring light to those events and those circumstances. Yes? As soon as there's not a you, which has been the case, as soon as you've entertained that possibility, because it is so, it is so, when you entertain that possibility, the mind comes out of that mental yogic posture of selfing. It just does. Opens up, and you're going to be, what we call you, is going to be at the great benefit of that. You'll see this as a totally different opportunity than what you were taking it to be. <laughs> You'll see a lot of things differently. <laughs> With no thought or effort on your part. You're not trying to see things differently. You're like my friend says, it's not a view, it's a vision. The vision starts dominating. And then the views are discarded. Because the views were just like substitutes for the lack of vision. Yeah? All philosophies and everything to me are just a substitute for the, uh, in, the, in the reality of a darkness. Yeah? To try to shed a little light on the situation. But you are that light. A view has a value, but it leads, hopefully will lead to the idea of vision, seeing, yeah? Mind is seeing, seeing nothing, which is everything, really. What it's been up to. It's just a fucking unbelievable joke. <laughs> really. It's just, it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> How much meaning can be given to nothing? 
all day, over and over and over again. Just lathering it on. <laughs> Just lathering it on. I mean, come on. <laughs> Drench you. <laughs> you can read in the paper, 200,000 people died. But what really flips you out is the like the newspaper boy missed your porch. <laughs> that really ruined my day. <laughs> it's so mind-boggling, really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, any questions? Then no. <laughs> That's good. <laughs>